Money is a topic that can trigger strong responses. It has strong life force energy, just like sexuality. And that means that it also comes with a lot of power. And I don't mean worldly power that it can be turned into, but creative power. Power to create things and experiences in the world to serve people, to help co-create our better future. There are many understandable reasons for having a tricky relationship with money, especially when you're someone who cares, someone who sees the harm that comes from an exploitative economic system, as someone who values the wisdom that spirituality can bring. It's not your fault, (laughs) but it is ours to deal with. In this week's podcast episode, I help you explore how you can take full responsibility for all the creation power that you have. And as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Welcome to Soul Whispers, the official soul-based coaching podcast where we are inspiring conversations about new paradigm coaching. I'm your host, Annemiek van Helsdingen, founder of the Academy for Soul-Based Coaching, where we've impacted the lives of thousands of coaches and clients. I love sharing insights and experiences that can make us all even better coaches, healers, therapists and leaders in this time of rapid transition. You can expect new perspectives and rigorous new paradigm coaching practices, all rooted in yin-fueled wisdom. Enjoy! What do you think? Do money and soul go together? Money is a topic that triggers strong responses. It has strong shakti, as my teacher Shamli Arda puts it. Strong life force energy, just like sexuality. And both require a strong presence to yield positive outcomes beyond the right here, right now, just for me. And that strong presence is greatly helped by conscious practice and by educating ourselves, because both money and sex have powerful potential to positively help shape our lives and our world. They are deeply rooted in the fabric of our co-creative reality, and they can provide incredible power to your ability to bring into form to manifest what you are here to do, what your soul is calling you to do. Are you interested? exploring and maybe even resetting your relationship with money. On one level, it almost feels like a flippant question now that we are bombarded with messages about the rise of the cost of living and you see what your supermarket trip costs. And of course, that can bring extra fear or worry. The thing is that we live in unprecedented times, also when you look at it from an economic perspective. It's very hard to predict how things will evolve. Nobody really can at this point. And in a way that means that the stakes are even higher to bring conscious presence to the powerful creative energy that money is and is part of. Because we do have a choice even when life gets harder. Do I want to step further into conscious relationship? Or will I try to just kind of emotionally make do or hide in fear or denial? Now, of course, there are circumstances when all you can do is get through the day and no one can expect any more of you. But if you do have some spare capacity, this is a very valid question because 
you have a relationship with money, whether you want to or not. And this is a very good time to lift some of that extra weight off of that relationship so that you can much easier co-create with that powerful Shakti energy in a world that will keep challenging us. So let's dive in. There are many understandable reasons for having a tricky relationship with money, especially when you're someone who cares, someone who sees the harm that comes from an exploitative economic system, as someone who, see, who values the wisdom that spirituality can bring. So let's look at some of the dynamics that tend to make it tricky. First of all, for many people, and that is regardless of how much lives in their bank accounts, connecting with the thought of money actually triggers fear of their not being enough now or in the future. Money goes straight to our survival needs, both very practical and psychological. There are family stories around money and maybe your own experiences too, that may have set deeply ingrained beliefs around the way that you're not worthy of money or that it's just not possible for you to have access to it or receive the money that you might wish for. Or maybe even about the quote-unquote inherent evilness that money is. When in fact, none of those things are objectively true, even though it can feel that they are. Another layer of this is that the power of our desire has been stripped away, has been tuned down. We don't really allow ourselves to desire things with all our hearts and our ravenous bodies. We're supposed to be good people, pure, and the path to enlightenment or awakening often tells us to let go of our attachment to our desires. Or actually, desire is a very, very powerful force for creation and manifestation for good too. Now another trickiness in that relationship with that archetypical energy of money can come from being aware of the shadows that play out in our late stage capitalist system and how it deals with the power of money. And you may not want anything to do with that. And that can be a little bit like throwing out the baby with the bathwater and it can be even hard to distinguish what is what. Now yet another layer is that when you're a woman or when you're socialized as a woman, you also carry centuries and centuries of not being legally allowed or able to yield financial power. We were at the mercy of our fathers or our husbands and that has only started to change during our grandmothers or maybe our, our mothers lifetimes. It really is not long ago and even though our minds may not remember, our DNA most definitely does. And then on a very practical level, we are usually not trained or educated on how to handle money outside of our family home. So speaking for myself, I grew up with a you have to save money and not spend more than you have and always worry about there not being enough. <laughs> and although the saving and spending part can be part of a sensible way to deal with money, it is far from the full picture. And I think it's about four years ago that I started to realize that in the actual factual ways of handling money, I felt illiterate. And I needed to gain more understanding of the inherent logic of money, like the inherent logic of, of uh, gravity. 
right, its laws and its systems and how I did and didn't want to be part of that in a way that gives me personal power and influence to help serve the collective in the way that I believe will be of service. And, you know, just because all of the things that I've mentioned so far are not enough yet, there is just one last one that I want to offer and that is that spiritual traditions often come with vows of poverty denouncing money for personal use or personal gain and in short they tell you that wanting nothing to do with money makes you a good person though in many cases that only goes for the followers and maybe not for like the highest church officials or gurus you may have even taken vows in this lifetime or taken on ideas that you have now firmly ascribed to in this vein, or there might be remnants of vows that you've taken in past lives. So you can start to see how, when we look at this full picture, there's very good reason why a lot of people have this tricky relationship with money. And, you know, one easy way to deal with it is to just go, well, I want nothing to do with it. But then we lose a lot And I don't just mean material gain. Because when we start to think about this, who benefits from these dynamics? Right? Who gains? What do these dynamics serve on the whole? Because it's certainly not you. It's not the people that want to work towards more wholeness for all or better access to resources for all or combating the negative impact of economic efficiency thinking or people who are interested in building more just and equitable societies on an earth where our children's children can thrive into the next seven generations to come. And this is why I think that stepping into an empowered relationship with money is vital. Not because it's got to be all about me, 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 but because this is an important part of your potential power. And you holding back because of fear or old stories, it does not serve you or anyone else. It does not serve your soul, your calling. And with where we stand in our world today, we need you and that what calls you the medicine that can only come through you. And and just realize how worrying about money takes up huge amount of bandwidth. So before we dive into how can we start to shift this, let's look at what is the power of money, right? What is the power of having access to money in your life? It means that you have the power to make choices that serve you and your loved ones instead of worrying where the next meal or your kids' new shoes will come from. Then there is also the power to exert your influence in your community for the benefit of all. Who can you support that needs it? And through that and beyond that, the power to shape and grow our better future together with all of us collectively. Having access to money means that you have far less dependency on spouses, partners, clients or governments, if you're lucky enough to live in a system with some social security. And then there is the power that lies in you being able to spend money buying, maybe just 
what you need from people and brands that you know share your values. By supporting our communities, we are already building pockets of the economy that make huge difference in our individual and collectively lived experience. So where does that leave us? How can we start to bring more freedom and consciousness into our relationship with money? How can we step into right relationship with money? A first step really is to decide that you want to. As Hiro Boga, spiritual business mentor, shares so beautifully, money does not belong to you, but it does belong with you. It is the lifeblood of the divas of provision and sustenance. Open the doors through which money can enter, circulate, nourish your life, and flow out to nourish the life of your world. Be an ally and partner to the diva of money. It serves the same elemental functions as water, air, fire, and the earth that sustains us all. So do you? Do you want to step into right relationship with money and take off more of the baggage than you have so far? The next step then is to look at how your relationship with it is right now. And that's what this first money themed episode is all about. Helping you recognize what has been muddying the waters for you so that you can make a decision on what you would like to have happen with your relationship with money. How you can make it soul infused. And let me be very clear, there is no reason to analyze the shit out of this and find every single strand of where these stories are embedded in your system. Because that way we could, like, you know, in some kind of bad movie endless therapy scenario, spend tons and tons of our precious life force energy sifting through the mud. In soul-based coaching, we know that there are much easier and more effective ways to start shifting their hold on you. And that's what I will be talking to you about in part two. So for now, if you're ready to decide that, yes, you want to lighten the load in your money relationship, Here are some practices that will help you going. The first one is to write a letter to money. Now, if you were to write a letter to money, how would you address it? Dear money? Would it feel like writing a letter to a lover, a nourishing grandmother, the villain of the century, an abusive ex, a cool Jude who's ghosting you? Or Try it. Write a letter and speak your heart, mind and soul. Tell it what you would like from it, with it, and see the dynamic reveal themselves that you're currently in. Open up a flow of communication and see where you can reclaim the sacredness of this relationship in your life. Not that money is sacred beyond anything else. Oh, no, no, no. On the contrary, money is sacred like air, like fire, like water and earth and our fellow humans. Other things that you can start to do is incorporate small rituals in your life. That can be a beautiful confirmation and declaration of what you would like your relationship with money to be like. A small altar where you pay your respects. A little vase of like field flowers to celebrate your union. 
Practices like daily gratitude and witnessing and honoring your inflowing and outflowing money streams are also powerful ways to open those doors to more money circulating in your life. And of course, all of this in conjunction with you taking action towards inviting more money in. If you're self-employed, make offers, tell people about them, show people what your work can do for them and learn to get better at that every cycle. When you're employed, you could ask for a raise. You'd actually be surprised how many men do so and succeed. And women often don't realize that they can. Or see if things, you know, if there's things that you can sell. Clothes you no longer wear or finally put your art up on Etsy. All actions that bring you greater alignment with who you are. And this is the chop wood, carry water that we do to express what we are here to do. It's the heart pumping oxygen through our bodies so we get to live our full potential. We've covered a lot of ground in this episode and we will be following up with a part two where we dive into soul-based coaching techniques to help you shift and heal your relationship with money. We hope this episode served you and we'd love to hear your thoughts. If what we bring in this Soul Whispers podcast speaks to you, please follow us and consider giving us a five-star rating in iTunes and a review. It really helps us to get in front of more people that would value the conversations. Thank you for listening and until we meet again. 